Chapter forty two of Young People's Treasury, Volume six Famous Travels and Adventures by Hamilton Wright Mamie. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. The Falls of the Zambezi by David Livingstone. We bade adieu to our friends at Lignati, accompanied by Sekoletu and about two hundred followers. We were all fed at his expense and he took cattle for this purpose from every station we came to. The principal men of the Makololo, Lebiole, Lari, Nekwatlele, etc., were also of the party. We passed through the patch of the tsetse fly, fatal to beasts, which exists between Lignati and Sesheki by night. The majority of the company went on by daylight in order to prepare our beds. Sekoletu and I, with about forty young men, waited outside the tsetse till dark. We then went forward, and about ten o'clock it became so pitchy dark that both horses and men were completely blinded. The lightning spread over the sky, forming eight or ten branches at a time, in shape exactly like those of a tree. This, with great volumes of sheet lightning, enabled us at times to see the whole country. The intervals between the flashes were so densely dark as to convey the idea of stone blindness. The horses trembled, cried out, and turned around as if searching for each other, and every new flash revealed the men taking different directions, laughing and stumbling against each other. While at Sesheki, Sekeletu supplied me with twelve oxen, three of which were accustomed to being ridden upon, hose and beads to purchase a canoe when we should strike the Liambai beyond the falls. He likewise presented abundance of good fresh butter and honey and did everything in his power to make me comfortable for the journey. I was entirely dependent on his generosity, for the goods I originally brought from the Cape were all expended by the time I set off from Lignanti to the west coast. I there drew seventy pounds of my salary, paid my men with it, and purchased goods for the return journey to Lignanti. These being now all expended, the Makololo again fitted me out and sent me on to the east coast. I was thus dependent on their bounty and that of other Africans for the means of going from Lignanti to Loanda and again from Lignanti to the east coast, and I feel deeply grateful to them. Coin would have been of no benefit, for gold and silver are quite unknown. As this was the point from which we intended to strike off to the northeast, I resolved on the following day to visit the falls of Victoria, called by the natives Mosio Atunya, or more anciently, Shangui. Of these we had often heard since we came into the country. Indeed, one of the questions asked by the Sibituane was, have you smoke that sounds in your country? They did not go near enough to examine them, but viewing them with awe at a distance, said in reference to the vapor and noise, Mosio Atunya, smoke does sound there it was previously called shangui the meaning of which i could not ascertain the word for a pot resembles this and it may mean a seething cauldron but i am not certain of it being persuaded that mr oswell and myself were the very first europeans who ever visited the zambezi in the centre of the country and that this is the connecting link between the known and unknown portions of that river I decided to use the same liberty as the Makololo did, and gave the only English name I have affixed to any part of the country. Sekoletu 
intended to accompany me but one canoe only having come instead of the two he had ordered he resigned it to me after twenty minutes sail from kalai we came in sight for the first time of the columns of vapor appropriately called smoke rising at a distance of five or six miles exactly as when large tracts of grass are burned in africa five columns now arose and bending in the direction of the wind they seemed placed against a low ridge covered with trees the tops of the columns at this distance appeared to mingle with the clouds they were white below and higher up became dark so as to simulate smoke very closely the whole scene was extremely beautiful the banks and islands dotted over the river are adorned with sylvan vegetation of great variety of color and form at the period of our visit several trees were spangled over with blossoms some trees resemble the great spreading oak others assume the character of our own elms and chestnuts but no one can imagine the beauty of the view from anything witnessed in england it had never been seen before by european eyes but scenes so lovely must have been gazed upon by angels in their flight the only want felt is that of mountains in the background the falls are bounded on three sides by ridges three hundred or four hundred feet in height which are covered with forest with the red soil appearing among the trees when about half a mile from the falls i left the canoe by which we had come down thus far and embarked in a lighter one with men well acquainted with the rapids who by passing down the centre of the stream in the eddies and still places caused by many jutting rocks brought me to an island situated in the middle of the river and on the edge of the lip over which the water rolls in coming hither there was danger of being swept down by the streams which rushed along on each side of the island but the river was now low and we sailed where it is totally impossible to go when the water is high but though we had reached the island and were within a few yards of the spot a view from which would solve the whole problem i believe that no one could perceive where the vast body of water went it seemed to lose itself in the earth the opposite lip of the fissure into which it disappeared being only eighty feet distant at least i did not comprehend it until creeping with awe to the verge i peered down into a large rent which had been made from bank to bank of the broad zambezi and saw that a stream of a thousand yards broad leaped down a hundred feet and then became suddenly compressed into a space of fifteen or twenty yards the entire falls are simply a crack made in a hard basaltic rock from the right to the left bank of the zambezi and then prolonged from the left bank away through thirty or forty miles of hills if one imagines the thames filled with low tree-covered hills immediately beyond the tunnel extending as far as gravesend the bed of black basaltic rock instead of london mud and a fissure made therein from one end of the tunnel to the other down through the keystones of the arch and prolonged from the left end of the tunnel through thirty miles of hills the pathway being one hundred feet down from the bed of the river instead of what it is with the lips of the fissure from eighty to one hundred feet apart then fancy the thames leaping bodily into the gulf and forced there to change its direction and flow from the right to the left bank and then rush boiling and roaring through the hills he may have some idea of what takes place at this the most wonderful sight i had witnessed in africa
in looking down into the fissure on the right of the island one sees nothing but a dense white cloud which at the time we visited the spot had two bright rainbows on it the sun was on the meridian and the declination about equal to the latitude of the place from this cloud rushed up a great jet of vapor exactly like steam and it mounted two hundred or three hundred feet high there condensing it changed its hue to that of dark smoke and came back in a constant shower which soon wetted us to the skin this shower falls chiefly on the opposite side of the fissure and a few yards back from the lip there stands a straight hedge of evergreen trees whose leaves are always wet from their roots a number of little rills run back into the gulf but as they flow down the steep wall there the column of vapor in its ascent licks them up clean off the rock and away they mount again they are constantly running down but never reach the bottom on the left of the island we see the water at the bottom a white rolling mass moving away to the prolongation of the fissure which branches off near the left bank of the river a piece of the rock has fallen off a spot on the left of the island and juts out from the water below and from it i judge the distance which the water falls to be about one hundred feet the walls of this gigantic crack are perpendicular and composed of one homogeneous mass of rock on the left side of the island we have a good view of the mass of water which causes one of the columns of vapor to ascend as it leaps quite clear of the rock and forms a thick unbroken fleece all the way to the bottom its whiteness gave the idea of snow a sight i had not seen for many a day as it broke into if i may use the term pieces of water all rushing on in the same direction each gave off several rays of foam exactly as bits of steel when burned in oxygen gas give off rays of sparks the snow-white sheets seemed like myriads of small comets rushing on in one direction each of which left behind its nucleus rays of foam i never saw the appearance referred to noticed elsewhere it seemed to be the effect of the mass of water leaping at once clear of the rock and but slowly breaking up into spray i have mentioned that we saw five columns of vapor ascending from this strange abyss they are evidently formed by the compression suffered by the force of the water's own fall into an unyielding wedge-shaped space of the five columns two on the right and one on the left of the island were the largest and the streams which formed them seemed each to exceed in size the falls of the clyde at stonebyres when that river is in flood this was the period of low water in the liambi but as far as i could guess there was a flow of five or six hundred yards of water which at the edge of the fall seemed at least three feet deep the fissure is said by the makololo to be very much deeper farther to the eastward there is one part at which the walls are so sloping that people accustomed to it can go down by descending in a sitting position the makololo on one occasion pursuing some fugitive batoka saw them unable to stop the impetus of their flight at the edge literally dashed to pieces at the bottom they beheld the stream like a white cord at the bottom and so far down probably three hundred feet they became giddy and were fain to go away holding on to the ground sekeletu and his large party having conveyed me thus far 
and furnished me with a company of one hundred and fourteen men to carry the tusks to the coast we bade adieu to the makololo on the twentieth of november and proceeded northward to the Lekoni. the country around is very beautiful and was once well peopled with batoka who possessed enormous herds of cattle when sebituane came in former times with his small but warlike party of makololo to this sport a general rising took place of the batoka through the whole country in order to eat him up but his usual success followed him and dispersing them the makololo obtained so many cattle that they could not take any note of the herds of sheep and goats the tsetse had been brought by buffaloes into some districts where formerly cattle abounded this obliged us to travel the first few stages by night we could not well detect the nature of the country in the dim moonlight the path however seemed to lead along the high bank of what may have been the ancient bed of the zambezi before the fissure was made the lacone now winds in it in an opposite direction to that in which the ancient river must have flowed for a few days we travelled over an uninhabited gently undulating and most beautiful district the border territory between those who accept and those who reject the sway of the makololo the face of the country appears as if in long waves running north and south there are no rivers the water stands in pools in the hollows we were now come into the country which my people all magnify as a perfect paradise sebatuane was driven from it by the matabeli it suited him exactly for cattle corn and health the soil is dry and often a reddish sand there are few trees but fine large shady ones stand dotted here and there over the country where towns formerly stood one of the fig family i measured and found to be forty feet in circumference the heart had been burnt out and someone had made a lodging in it for we saw the remains of a bed and a fire the sight of the open country with the increased altitude we were attaining was most refreshing to the spirits large game abound we see in the distance buffaloes elands hartebeest news and elephants all very tame as no one disturbs them lions which always accompany other large animals roared about us but as it was moonlight there was no danger in the evening while standing on a mass of granite one began to roar at me though it was still light on the third of december we crossed the river mozuma or river of dila having travelled through a beautifully undulating pastoral country to the south and a little east of this stands the hill tabu chu or white mountains from a mass of white rock probably dolomite on its top but none of the hills are of any great altitude the mozuma or river of dila was the first watercourse which indicated that we were now on the slopes toward the eastern coast it contained no flowing water but revealed in its banks what gave me great pleasure at the time pieces of lignite possibly indicating the existence of a mineral namely coal the want of which in the central country i had always deplored again and again we came to the ruins of large towns containing the only hieroglyphs of this country worn millstones with a round ball of quartz with which the grinding was effected great numbers of these balls were lying about showing that the depopulation had been the result of war for had the people removed in peace 
they would have taken the balls with them when we had passed the outskirting villages which alone consider themselves in a state of war with the makololo we found the batoka or batonga as they here call themselves quite friendly great numbers of them came from all the surrounding villages with presents of maize and masuka and expressed great joy at the first appearance of a white man and harbinger of peace the women clothe themselves better than the balonda but the men go in puris natralabis they walk about without the smallest sense of shame the farther we advanced the more we found the country swarming with inhabitants great numbers came to see the white man a sight they had never beheld before they always brought presents of maize and masuka their mode of salutation is quite singular they throw themselves on their backs on the ground and rolling from side to side slap the outside of their thighs as expressions of thankfulness and welcome uttering the words kina bomba this method of salutation was to me very disagreeable and i could never get reconciled to it i called out stop stop i don't want that but they imagining i was dissatisfied only tumbled about more furiously and slapped their thighs with greater vigor as we approached nearer the zambezi the country became covered with broad-leaved bushes pretty thickly planted and we had several times to shout to elephants to get out of our way at an open space a herd of buffaloes came trotting up to look at our oxen and it was only by shooting one that i made them retreat the meat is very much like that of an ox and this one was very fine the only danger we actually encountered was from a female elephant with three young ones of different sizes charging through the centre of our extended lines and causing the men to throw down their burdens in a great hurry she received a spear for her temerity i never saw an elephant with more than one calf before we knew that we were near our zambezi again even before the great river burst upon our sight by the numbers of waterfowl we met i killed four geese with two shots and had i followed the wishes of my men could have secured a meal of waterfowl for the whole party i never saw a river with so much animal life around and in it and as the barotsi say its fish and fowl are always fat when our eyes were gladdened by a view of its goodly broad waters we found it very much larger than it is even above the fall one might try to make his voice heard across it in vain its flow was more rapid than near shekshike being often four and a half miles an hour End of chapter 42